0: Hey, do you know what I saw today online, which I've been waiting for someone to post, was a a health passport from 1930s Germany? Wow. And and I was like, wow, that's reminiscent, isn't it? Uh, Like, are, are we at the point where it only takes 100 years to forget everything or less than 100 years to forget everything? Fuck me. I'm trying very hard not to pay attention to this stuff, but it seems to be in my vortex at the moment
1: it's a natural part of the world that we're living in so it's 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 you know we have our (coughs) excuse me we have our uh, arena and our ecosystem that we you know we entertain and not entertain but we you know we are participating in Mm -hmm. but there's so many other ecosystems around us and there's this is a very much a part of our reality is that there is a disturbance a massive disturbance in our humanity right now and it would be in my opinion it would be ignorant to turn around and try and love and light it away or to ignore it when there's this big loud shadow sitting there exposing itself for everyone to identify move towards if they choose and to um, identify what part of that is resonating in them. Like where's that meeting their vibration? And, and so, yeah, it's really impossible to ignore, I think.
0: I find it to be a strange one because I, I'm living that wonderful space of having to be in the real world and investigating the spiritual world. And all of that shit's not in my spiritual world, but it's all in my real world. And yet I have to pay attention to both because you know I'm in mean, here in all of these different planes. So it's I don't want to get stuck in just the mundane, everyday stuff that is encompassed in posts on Facebook and alike. like. And yet I can't just float away on the crowds and live in the astral plane all the time because it's just I've got to have my feet on the ground at some point. That's an that's a interesting one for people on this path of self-discovery, self actualization self-realisation, personal development, you know, doing all of this different work and then realising, oh, yeah, okay, still got to deal with the real shit as well.
1: Yeah, it's it's an interesting journey and over the years, uh, I mean, uh, we're all all always evolving and at this point in my experience it's that... We've got all these elements to our sense of spirituality and spiritual connection and our ability to transcend or move it through different dimensions and be a part of that. And then we have this opportunity to bring it all into the physical and face what is in that physical realm. And to me, that, that's the essence of having a fully human experience is just embodying that that part of our human essence. And um, when we deepen and go, like, as we go deeper in our spiritual journey, I feel that the more of a challenge it can become to be in this physical vessel because of what we know and unconditional love. But that is also inside of us and part of this experience as well. And so. There's really no separation of that spiritual world and this physical realm that we're in. It's all the same. It's all one one plane. And it's just our capacity in our own self-awareness in identifying where we are in that moment as we identify ourselves in our physical realm and in our physical vessel and in life and in these challenges. And it's... You know, got a lot of us questioning why on earth did we come back for this experience? Because <laughs> holy shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't see this one. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I didn't I didn't expect the world governments to get their shit together in my lifetime. And yet I thought we might have taken a step in a slightly different direction to where we're going right now. You know, and I fully understand that a lot of people live in fear live in lack and i don't mean that in, in an esoteric way like a realistic way like that's they're just in the you know they're bottom of the hierarchy of needs base chakra it's all about survival that's where they find themselves so all of this stuff is right in front of the face it's right there and it's hard to transcend to get past that i get it and yet ah it's this this really my struggle at the moment is a whole lot of this stuff doesn't make sense. But like I can't, intellectually, I can't work it out. Now, I know that's where the powers that be are processing, right? They're not processing anything deeper than that. It's just intellectual. It's here, there, blah, blah, blah. If we do this, we'll get that. Now, and I can't make it work. Like, in my head, I can't make it work. So it's a funny one.
1: Yeah, it, there's a lot that's that um, there's a lot of decisions being made that don't make sense. But at the same time, when I take a step back and I look into this from a a neutral perspective and and from in my heart, what I'm seeing is a mass invitation to release ourselves from conformity and to return back to self-accountable healing and the release of codependency in our healing paths and wellness. And we're seeing this massive uprising of practitioners now who are facing losing registration and are facing losing government funding, their jobs, their practices, their medical practices, if they choose not to have the injections. And... If they're choosing to have the injections, then they're also facing this mass conformity of boosters every six months and um, only accepting a portion of society who is conforming. And so there's this massive opportunity to shift the way we approach our well being from a codependent relationship to an informative and self accountable relationship and where people become can now become more self-empowered than ever to heal themselves and to see what they can do every day from home, to see how, you know, obviously we are not all surgeons and we're not all able to have emergency care right away and, and that that's a part that of this picture that's very, very concerning. Um, we're also... Um, a humanity that has been trying to keep people alive for a really long time longer than we've been letting people pass in their own way and in their own rite of passage we've been trying to keep people alive and so it's this interesting entanglement of information that's going on right now where people can you know, fight or choose to fight and stand up and um, advocate for what they believe in to keep a system that has a lot of cracks in it already or we have an opportunity right now as a humanity to co-create and recreate a new way through our resistance, through our non-compliance if we choose that, to um, really empower people to take their health and their life and their accountability and their sustainable way of living or a sustainable way of living back into their own hands, you know, to stop relying on supermarkets, to stop relying on big pharma and big pharma relying on us, to stop relying on the government. So it's a really pivotal time and a really intense time and this breaking of conformity is not easy it's it means deep inner work it means transformation it means change it means going inward and identifying where your attachments are and where your ego is and where your codependency is on someone's health and wellness journey as well and that's confronting stuff you know that's Hmm. Definitely. and it's not what we all want to look at and see at the time at, at the same time either and we only ever really see what we're ready for for our own evolution so this is absolutely a time of patience and trust and trusting our own path and where we need to be in this time and what is our role you know a lot of A lot of my clients have been really suffering from anxiety and guilt. So anxiety about what happens next if I'm a registered nurse or registered psychologist or registered medical practitioner and I don't want to have this injection. Or, um, you know, how do we feed our family? They are the immediate worries. Then there's the perceived worries as well about or if we have this injection are we going to have side effects or are we going to die or how is that going to look in five years time will I be fertile because there's no long-term study so there's so many questions that people are worrying about
0: yeah I find it really interesting in and around those questions where the narrative suggests that even if you're asking questions that you're anti-facts and it's just that you know it's like the big word. You, you, oh, you don't want to be that because then you're kicking against everyone, and you're not you're not you're not doing the right thing for society. And I so when did it become incorrect or invalid to simply ask questions without without saying to anyone, this is what you should do, this is right, this is wrong? Let's just ask questions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I've been seeing stuff lately which I find really distasteful about, you know, the labels of uh, uh, people that are asking questions, whether they're interested in injections or not. Let, let, let's move that to the side. And so last weekend there were a number of rallies around the country. Apparently it was more important to report on the former Australian cricket captain's relationship was on the front page of the newspapers than any of you know, the million plus people that got up and said, hang on, we don't agree, which is what, more than 20% of the population, more than 10% of the population, 10, 20, I don't know. But seeing posts online about anyone going to that being unclean or unwashed and just being tarred with this really unsavoury caricature of who these people are, similar to dirty hippies in the 60s and things like that, you know, like they are the other. So let's create a schism. And we've seen how this kind of stuff plays out. So I find that really interesting that in order to continue the narrative, we need to use very strong language for the other because we need to create the other to be able to stand up for something. You can't stand up for something if there's no other. So this lack of acceptance of differing opinion, again, disregarding any of the, disregard the virus and the vaccine for a moment and just think about people having common discourse about something that they may not agree on. Apparently, that's not okay. At the moment. So I find that profoundly interesting. And I've seen some intellectuals and listened to some intellectuals who I respect greatly, who just have no bandwidth to consider there's another possibility other than the main narrative. And these are smart people who normally ask questions, but in this case, they won't. And I find that very interesting.
1: It it is really interesting. And um, I believe at this stage that that's come from um, a couple of things. One thing is mind control, a repeated narrative and a culture that's been created to eliminate what you do not want to see or that you don't align with. Or uh, if that person says something that triggers me, I'm just going to block them or I'm just going to put on my Facebook or on my Instagram and on my my feed into my arena what appeals to me and eliminate mm. the rest. So there's this culture that's been brewing for um, nearly 15 to 20 years of I'm going to put in my world what I approve of and the rest is You know, I'm not going to question it. I'm just going to have what I like and see and feel as appealing to me. And also, over time, money has been started to be made from fear and indoctrination. And people are easy to control when they're in fear. So mind control and fear narratives go hand in hand because when the nervous system is taken into a state of um, fright, or a uh, sympathetic nervous response, then the ability for the the that person, that individual, to actually identify solutions is not turned on in the brain, in an area of the brain. That's this is a layman's uh, scientific <laughs> breakdown of why we don't see solutions when we're in fear, and it's because our mechanism hasn't changed, our design, our human design hasn't changed since ancient times when we had to run from a lion to keep safe and so what the body is doing is just trying to to support someone to run away from the supposed lion, that may be a narrative that's driving fear into someone and because we, when we're in that response and we are looking to find safety, part of that switches off our ability to actually question because we don't think we have the time to we've just got to stay in that fear adrenaline state to find safety and shelter and so it's really been quite clever how like i really um see quite an intelligent um agenda move through and how people move about life based off of fear oh i might you know i might not take that job because i'm i'm in fear of actually being successful in that position or i might not um step out of the mainstream narrative and look at what might have been censored a long time ago because i'm in fear of being called part being part of the tinfoil hat brigade or being called a conspiracist and uh And so there's ego, deep ego suffering happening and along that resistance to step out of what is fear and into what may be other possibilities. And the beautiful thing in all of this is that on many levels it's a what some might call a spell, being cast with words, But absolutely nothing can penetrate someone's well-being or their ecosystem more than the truth and more than unconditional love. And those spells, those words, those narratives can be undone in an instant. As soon as another human being recognises heart resonance and unconditional love, And so when we speak, when we move, when we greet someone, when we go live online, we're sitting in that resonance and we are speaking of what is true, not true to us or our truth because everyone has their own versions of truth, but what is true to the the laws of the universe, what is true to the resonance and the frequency behind it unconditional love there's absolutely nothing that can penetrate that and so there's really nothing to fear as well because this mass mind control issue that we have right now literally is is going through its own undoing as people return home to their heart space and as people return home to themselves in an unconditional love one way or the other and that that is the deep in my opinion that is the deep teachings of this time for our humanity is that that wisdom of identification of what it is that we've been resisting suppressing not loving not in unity with and conformity so um and breaking that conformity so it's it's an interesting time and it's really quite exciting to witness and at the same time people think that that might be a bit crazy that I'm excited to witness this, but um, at the same time, I'm also concerned. It's, uh there's a lot of people under that spell. Um, you know, so I think it is very
0: interesting. It is very interesting. I, I like the um, when you said spell. I was like, ah, yes, 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 yes. I get it because I come from a a hypnosis background, and. It's almost like mass trance, group trance, because you know, there are many ways to enter trance, but one of the ways is language and repetition. Language and repetition, language and repetition. And so I look at it and I'm like, oh, but there are people who are from old circles of mine, as the noise in the background continues, tree grinders, they make some noise.
1: Uh, we can't hear
0: it. I can't hear it. Oh, beautiful! Hopefully, it doesn't come through to anyone who's listening. It's quite, it's quite amazingly loud here. Always, when you want to record something in silence, there'll be, there'll be something, there'll be something to work through. It's always grist for the mill. But as I was saying, like I have uh, friends in other circles that I've kind of left behind based on moving geography and, and and investigating different kind of aspects of life and work and business and vocation, family and stuff and it's just really interesting to see how locked in to that narrative they've become when in other times i've sat down and had dissenting conversations with them about stuff so it's just interesting to watch this kind of it's almost like there's a mist or a fog that's floating through different different parts of the country and the world and landing on different people and affecting them in different ways and then the flip side of this, is, which is a beautiful part of this discussion, I think we're investigating sort of the, the darker aspect of what's going on, but I can feel this conversation about the turn of corner and we're going to start looking into opportunity in the light. But what I've seen as well is there are people who I maybe didn't expect to step outside the narrative who are really standing up and asking questions. So that's, I find that really interesting that, ah, okay. You know, I thought maybe you might lean this way or that way. And and I find that to be very interesting, just as an exercise in like what my wife and I call people watching, go and have a cup of tea and just start having a look at everyone's experience and then running their stories and just getting on with their lives and just seeing how that, so I think you're right. There's a lot of opportunity and, People are stepping outside of their comfort zone to investigate what else is possible. Now, I have no idea what's going to happen in the big picture. Part of me says everything could just fizzle in the next six to 12 months. And as long as the politicians get to say, hey, we did our best, we thought we were doing the right thing and they get to pat themselves on their back and kind of get away with it, they'll, that will be fine. Or it could just keep continuing because there's something more behind the agenda. And you know, and I and I do not wear a tinfoil hat. I'm I'm I don't know. I don't know what I am. I, I'd hate to give myself a label. I like to investigate all, all sides of it. Because so I remember listening to people early on in this whole thing saying this is what's going to happen, this is the agenda. I was like, hang on, just step back. Why? Let's let's have a chat about that. So I oscillate <laughs> depending on what's happened. But for me, I'm like, yeah, there's, there is opportunity because there are little communities forming everywhere that are investigating what is possible outside of the structures that exist at the moment, whether we agree that they're right or wrong or otherwise. Is there a better way to do it? Can some of us step outside that and can we all just get along? I, I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. Sometimes I just sit there and think, we're doomed. We're all doomed. <laughs> and I have to just sit with that for a little while. And then I, the next day, I think, we're all going to be OK. You know, so I think there's a bit of that around, too. I don't think that's just my experience And mm. having conversations with people. I think I think we ebb and, ebb and flow through that. But I would like to investigate with you now what you see as opportunities in, in, in a real practical sense uh, and what you see and i know that you and i kind of the circles we move in locally here on the sunny coast and sort of extending and radiating out from that and we could almost fall into the trap of having our own algorithms running that that feed us the same story because we're surrounded by people who've got similar beliefs but i still think even that though that's the case that there's still enough there that we're investigating stuff with our feet fir- firmly on the ground we're still looking at the real world so might be rambling on as I normally do, but what do you think the opportunities are here?
1: Wow, well, I love that question. How long have you got?
0: Yeah, about, <laughs> 60, about 60 minutes. We won't fit it all in.
1: Oh, so, yes, this is a huge opportunity, huge. Um, I feel like... As a collective, we've been really, for a long time, a slave to the machine and a slave to the nine-to-five. So there's this element of releasing ourselves from slavery by looking at what other ways can we live in our sovereignty and create sustainable ways of living and community. And releasing of conformity there's there's also this what happens when we're faced with adversity of any kind this is just i speak from my own experience i supported my husband and continue to support him through um the rarest cancer in the world for nearly we're in our seventh year now and this journey of um what was adversity turned into um opportunity and what what this whole experience has really taught us is that when we're faced with something that's so in your face and almost like imminent death or the death of something or someone we're faced with this invitation from the universal network of life to evolve and to realize why we're really here and so on a micro scale, I believe that that's what everybody is being invited to see now is their true nature and their true, true relationship to nature and just where along the way they've been hijacked by the machine and taken into a place of non-compliance from within themselves to their own self. They've become far removed And so what I'm seeing is this massive opportunity for our humanity to start to return back to the inherent wisdom of our ancestors, the inherent wisdom of our land, and the wisdom that we hold as a fully embodied human being that's not attached or hijacked by any other realm other than the ones that we choose to be in, which is this physical realm. We only get this vessel for a short time. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of um, old controlling frameworks that I, I see beginning to crumble. And that runs very deep into many different holograms of information. So we live in a holographic universe. and there's a lot of activity happening at one moment in time, because there's no separation in time and space. We've got all of our future, all of our past and right now happening at the same time and in every single dimension that exists, knowingly or unknowingly. And so we've got this massive opportunity now to recognise where we are attached to those dimensions, what is running us and why, and how can we release that to return back to our sovereignty and we run ourselves we are infinite creators of our reality so we can actually return to that soul agreement and begin to recreate what we want in life we absolutely have that ability and so the opportunity right now is massive <laughs> massive we're 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 big, big being given an opportunity as well to shift our frequencies that no longer serve us as a collective and as an individual and so you know if we're still holding on to that old story of x y and z happened to me we're we're moving out of this victimhood and into um, self-accountable and free truly free being and Sometimes that happens through suffering. You know, I, my, my life, my adult life, pretty much began in the money mindset, the uh, build foundations to retire and have kids and, and go into that way of life. It's very conformed. I grew up in a, a Christian home. It was very perfect, my upbringing. Boarding school all the perfection um, type things, all the, a lot of grooming, a lot of conditioning and schooling and right now we have this opportunity to completely unschool ourselves and return back to what is really true to our nature but from the upbringing I ended up going into this mindset of I'm, I'm going to make money, I'm going to pay off my debts, I'm going to be a good wife and and conform and and be all the good things that I was taught to be. And um, that was serving me well until uh, I lost my first child and then my second child and then my third. (laughs) Then my marriage started having um, issues and we were working in mining and shift work, digging big holes in the earth and making money from it. And I was a trainer assessor of um, people in machinery that were bigger than the house I live in. And uh, when um, Luke was diagnosed with cancer, and uh, being the rarest cancer in the world and all the way into his brain, um, you know, that was a pretty massive invitation for looking at what this opportunity is in an adversity, and that's taught us so much. There's a lot of podcasts in that, <laughs> but essentially, um, through our own suffering, through our own adversity and challenges in life whether it's mental health, physical health, whether it's life's changed overnight and we need to change our career or look at who we are and our role in this. Um, We have opportunity and we get to have this fully human, fully embodied human experience through our suffering until we decide that that suffering is no longer necessary or we choose new elements to our suffering. And as we co-create and recreate and release old agreements to what brought us to this moment here now, we get to uh, really embrace that evolution and really start to to understand how incredibly infinite we are as creative beings and as co-creators and right now I, I really see us as a humanity weaving a new world story, and part of that new world story we have yes there's a technology that's that's undeniable and technology can also be in service to us it's not just it's not just the enemy it's not the machine is not there's no enemy here even though it can feel like it's out to get us right if we put that mentality on and that belief and wear that belief um but it's not you know there are med beds being created right now as we speak there are pods being created right now as we speak where people can go into these pods and heal their entire bodies i've seen this in other dimensions and i know it's coming i know it i know of people in this in this realm who are literally in putting that into creation without saying too much that's that's happening and that's technology. So I believe what we're going to see is, is uh, a great um uniting of both worlds and a great remembering of our our infinite wisdom as human beings from our ancestors, from our ancestors, from our grandmothers, grandfathers. You know this, grandmother Earth, and grandfather Sky, the sun, and uh, we're in the middle of that. We we bring the Earth and the Sky together through us. That's what we get to do. So you know the the opportunity in this in this time is really infinite, and it's. I also have come to understand that our beliefs are also our limits and because when we get invested into a belief we are invested in the outcome of that belief we become fixed right there's nothing outside of my belief this is my belief I'm going to stay here and I'm going to stay fixated in that and so I'm inviting anyone who's listening today to really see the opportunity and letting your beliefs dissolve to be able to move beyond what you think is possible and into the infinite unknown that is the alchemy of our universe in unconditional love that's that's what I feel is the opportunity right now
0: hmm. you're speaking my language you're definitely speaking my language and the interesting thing is I know that that language And just your choice of words, as exact and purposeful as they are, will be enough for some people to go, hang on, I can't pick up what's being put down here. And I can remember, you know, in my own experience, in my own lived experience, where people were talking to me about how easy it is to change. Well, maybe not how easy, how simple it is to change in terms of there is a moment where you make a single decision that changes things. And it can be right now. And yet the stories that we tell ourselves, and I mean, from my experience, the stories that I told myself about how difficult it would be to change is exactly what held me back. And so we've got these big narratives. You know, So you were talking micro scale. If we look at the macro scale of society and community as a whole, then we've got stories there that say change is difficult. And we see that play out over and over again. How can we not come to an agreement about doing something about climate change? We all know that if we keep going in the direction we're going to go in, that we're going to be extinct. It's not, there's no denying that. And yet we can't, as a species, change right now. And that's what all, you could click your fingers and it'd be changed. Because even the economics make sense. It's just that this idea of change is, So foreboding, and I think the difficulty that most people have grasping what you're talking about this idea of unconditional love and resonance and frequencies and stuff that people don't necessarily understand is the simplicity of the decision to step into that and to be okay with the not knowing as if. As if faith is craziness, and and the current way is sane. Now, I'm not judging anyone when I say that. I find it profound when you meet with someone who has gotten to the point where they have to change, and it's almost. I always think it's like it's like the book and movie Fight Club, where the the protagonist of the movie has to hit rock bottom, absolute rock bottom, before he can turn around and start creating something new. And I see this in my practice, people who come to see me, that if I talk to them too early, they are not interested in receiving my help. And then six months later they come in and the world has fallen over for them and they're ready. And they say, I wish I'd talked to you six months ago, which they did, but they couldn't have taken the step because There wasn't enough, as you said before, there wasn't enough suffering. There wasn't enough of a need and a desire to make the change, to get past the feeling that change is difficult. And I think that's huge at the moment. So the status quo is so strong in Mm -hmm. so many different ways and the structures and systems, and I'm not just talking about big farmer and and big info and all that kind of stuff. Just even the basic structures of how we live our life. Like we pay for the utilities to come to our house. We put petrol in our car. We shop at a supermarket. We do all of these things without really thinking about them. The systems are in place. We're used to them. Doing something other than that requires effort. So let's, let's, let's not do that because we've already got too much to think about. The funny thing being... That changing it makes it easier. Like when you fall over into change, it's easier. And a really practical example, I have always hated supermarkets. I can't stand the places. Almost invariably when you meet people in a supermarket, they're only there because they have to be.
1: Mm.
0: And they're not feeling into that place. They don't want to be there. It's like it's a chore. And when I lived in suburban Melbourne, that's where I did all of my shopping and it was dreary and dull and people were cranky and that rubbed off on me and my mood was you know affected well here and now we choose to go to a market on a saturday morning my wife and i we drive 40 minutes to get there so we have a conversation in the car we walk around this lovely outdoor space we get beautiful food everyone's relaxed no one's in a rush everyone actually wants to be there they've made it decision a conscious decision to go to this space and shop at a market and support local people there's never a discussion about any of the shenanigans that are going on right now as there are in supermarkets there are no signs and then we get to have a conversation on the way back we pay less for for more food of better quality and we have a better experience and i would have resisted that years ago because i would have had to drive 40 minutes This is amazing. All of these things fall into place, and it's just a practical example. It's not that hard. It's amazing how not hard it is.
1: That's right. And, you know, we we lead really busy lives as well, genuinely. And uh, I think what can happen as well is when we're caught up in the busyness of doing rather than the stillness of being, even in a busy moment, then we can end up being uh, removed from our reality and fall victim to illusion. So I think a lot of illusion is coming through the world right now and there's a lot of people falling victim to that illusion, one being that freedom is external to us. And, uh, you know, no one's ever taken our freedom from us it's, it's always been ours It's that an, allu- an illusion that we don't have it and so this giving something back to us that we already have is kind of an quite an irony to be living in it's actually pretty comical um, at times but there's also this thing that happens with our brain it becomes conditioned to what we think change means And quite often when we've been caught up in the busyness of doing for most of our life and we've been resisting in the stillness of being in the busyness, uh, we end up feeling like change is going to be a negative experience. And so it's like the doomsday, boom, there's intimate change upon us. You know, the government's saying we must do this to keep our jobs or we must do this to um, participate in society. And it's it's really fascinating to observe people's responses to this because um, it's that negative conditioning to change that makes us go into that fear and panic mode. And when we can look at all the things in our lives where change has occurred and we've had a positive outcome, Nine times out of 10, we are far ahead in the positive outcomes if we were to tally it up than what we would be in the negative. But because of our ability to drop into a state of dis-ease and fright, flight from the experience of change really quickly and in fear, we only remember the negative experiences because that's what's the pathway that's the strongest in the brain. We're also told about the negative experiences. So we've been consuming negativity surrounding change from our environment, like the television, the iPhone, the, you know, the, the news feed, Facebook, I'm not on Facebook anymore, not really, but the, you know, what, what we've been consuming through those portals of information and then amplifying that through the amount of eyes and ears and hearts witnessing that because that's a vortex of energy in itself that negativity is amplified. And that's also part of what's beneath the alchemy of the mind control that we're seeing. It's like boom, change is upon you. If you do not conform to this, you will be faced with this imminent change that you must fear now. So all of a sudden, um, everyone hits in the uh, the go button into the fear mode and this change becomes really scary. And that's valid. Completely valid how we feel is 100% valid, whether it's in fear or in love or in anger or frustration or in peace, it's all valid. All those emotions and those experiences, as well. But we also, when we start to understand the nature of change and the nature of what is really the crux of mindfulness, is the observation of birth, growth, decay, and death, and our. our our participation in that as a human being you know we we get to observe that change is inevitable and it's everywhere and it's all the time every moment of the day and so when we can start to step into the flow of change rather than the resistance of change we get to step deeper into our creative space and we're able to navigate uncertainty with trust and so The more we strengthen that observation, the more we can trust that this change isn't going to be so bad. And I like to lean into that, you know, when we see, have you ever looked at a concrete path and there's a crack and in that crack a tree has somehow managed to grow itself in there? You know, that against all odds, that tree managed to meet its alchemy to grow there and uh you know that's the unknown it's we don't know how that tree ends up growing we don't know how it gets its roots down through those cracks and and how so many people don't manage to stand on it as it starts to go from its birth into the seedling and into this tree but it happens and sometimes the roots of that tree can even break the concrete path and and create a new path as well. So it's 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 really fascinating the nature of change in our perception. And again, I I really feel that that comes down to our beliefs that we're formed around what change means. And so, if you're experiencing a really hard time, if someone's listening and this is you know speaking to you, I really invite you to go into, well, what does change mean for me, and how can this be different, and how have I had a positive experience of change in my life and what was that like and, and how can I apply that perspective to this and, uh, and trust because also these controls that are coming in, they really come from, uh, we're going deep, but what the hell, so <laughs> um I feel that a lot of these controls really come from different uh, God matrixes and a lot of these people that are feeling the illusion of control of the population are under the illusion of power from their relationship to the gods or their God or their perspective or belief surrounding that. And um, they can then abuse that power. But what I'm seeing in my spiritual questing is there's been a change. There's been a change in how the, the gods are behaving in their matrix and it's like they've had a rebirthing process and they are returning back to their pure state beyond the ego it's like the masks are being lifted and I've, I've noticed this in my dream time. There's been some different gods appear in different ways and I've asked for the real them and the real them has revealed themselves and, you know, we've all participated in those matrixes at some point or another in our life. Most of us have and the true power constructs I guess that these people who have ill intent and are creating dis-ease on our planet are leaning into it's gone that power construct is not there and I've just witnessed this in my own experience and so what they're leaning into isn't there then what they're trying to uphold cannot hold itself not for long and their own hunger for control and power, I believe, will actually undo it all because they they can't just have everyone at the top. Someone's got to be on top. And so they start to tear each other down because the other construct, which they perceive to be above them, it's not above them at all. can't even feed off that anymore and so there's nothing there to hold it and so eventually it will dissolve and so i see a lot of crumbling systems and and that's where uh you know that's not an easy thing either to witness as a humanity and as an individual crumbling system or crumbling systems and control systems and frameworks you know means loss of control and for a lot of people when we're Living in a, a space where we feel like we're losing control, it can be really damn uncomfortable. It's kind of like a tumour in a body that's doing its own thing and you don't know what it's going to do from day to day. you got to let go of what, what might be the outcome of that tumour that there's no control over, over or perceived control over until we reclaim our sovereignty and our control over ourselves as infinite creators, and realising how we are part of that creation of these systems of control in the first place. We asked for it. We agreed to it. We agreed to a governance. We agreed to a medical system that's owned by an ABN. We agreed to police that are owned by an ABN. We agreed to um, not having a treaty in this country, at some point or another, we let that happen, you know? So now we've got to take ownership of that. And it's kind of like sitting in your own shit, sitting in a, in a you know, like a yin posture for six minutes, that's in the hips and you're just burning and you want to get out of there. <laughs> but the, you're sitting in there because what you've buried so deeply within yourself that you're not wanting to see starting to surface and show its weary head to you and it's and that's what's happening right now i believe is is that we're all sitting in a deep hip opener (laughs) so to speak (laughs) and we're going through that that uh intensity of a surfacing emotion that's that's a really intense emotion but you know it's like a wave it's not for forever this intensity has ease on the other side and underneath the ocean there's always that stillness and if you're already in that stillness and you're seeing the storm around you then you know it's time for us to just sit under the water and observe and hold space because that's what we're doing we're holding space for people to self-realize and for our own systems to self-realize And, you know, we've all got different roles in that. Some roles are protesting. Some roles are saying, yes, this is a great idea. (laughs) You know, everyone's here with their sole agreement. Um, So we need to respect that and let people walk on their own path, whatever that might be, because what they're alchemizing, whether they know it or not and whether we know it or not, is... For the higher purpose that's dropping in now it is for our remembering you know we're moving out of the mental age we're moving out of manifest 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 and we think we can create well now we're moving into remembering our our true dreaming our true nature the songs of the universe and we're bringing it into being through our individuality and our uh, our true nature and learning about our true nature and and our connection back to the earth because we've become far removed.
0: And so wonderful the absolute synchronicity of you speaking for all that time when in the background here it sounded like Armageddon. It was perfect. was absolutely perfect because I thought if I have to speak now no one will be able to hear what I'm saying because it sounds like there's World War III going on in the background but while I was listening to you speak what came to me many things came to me but what I found really interesting was this idea of what we attract into our own experience and this conversation would not have happened for me two years ago this podcast would not have happened for me two years ago uh The language that's coming out of this, the ideas that are coming out of this would not have happened for me two years ago. And the reason I bring that up is that it is a clear pointing to of this idea that we attract to ourselves what we attract. It's it's, it's all our own doing. And that's a massive realisation. And I I realize there may be people listening to this who say, what a load of bullshit, Adam. Yeah, I'm. I'm not willing this stuff onto myself, and I get it. I understand that it might not be conscious. It might be subconscious. It may be somewhere else. And so we talk about holograms and energies and vibrations and resonance. And sometimes these things make sense to people, and sometimes they don't. And it's just finding the language or the message or the way to deliver the message to allow that person to open up and investigate something new. It's it's really interesting when I really pay attention to what's happening in the language that people are using. Let me tell you some words that are coming up a lot for me at the moment. Vibration. Agreement. And vortex. And not just from you, like from multiple people that I'm interacting with at the moment who are not necessarily in the healing space who are from all over, all different walks of life. It is amazing. So again, I I sit in this space and I have to consider that there are a reason that these people are in and around me at the moment. With all of the bullshit that I see that's going on, and if I'm stupid enough to look at my Facebook feed and, and spend five minutes, I can go down the rabbit hole like everyone else can and believe the algorithm. Because it's really easy in social media just to say something and leave it there without actually doing anything about it, as if that's powerful and it's going to help. And it continues the narrative, like this is all screwed, we're all messing it up, we're all doomed. But in the real world, dare I say it, people are getting on with things. It all seems okay. I know that there are worries and concerns and yet there are opportunities. I wonder if you might elaborate a little bit more on this idea of agreements, because that's been popping up a lot for me lately. And, you know, I'm going to put a warning out, right. To anyone who's listening, this might trigger your sensibilities because the idea of agreements is a really profound one. And it's all about taking ownership and personal responsibility and being aware of your own personal sovereignty and not, making the easy decision of putting putting your freedom and control in someone else's hands or something else's hands so anyway i'm interested to hear your thoughts on agreements shifting agreements dissolving old agreements making new agreements
1: okay um so that's a really interesting question i don't know everything about agreements i don't know I don't know anything at all, really. The more I go down these paths with people and work with the healing process that they are alchemizing in front of me, I see how little I know every time. Um, And I guess what my interpretation of what agreements are at this time is that when we come into our life... There's there's talk of things like our Akashic records, our soul contracts, our agreements. And then there's agreements we subconsciously make within ourselves to have a human experience, which all that weaves into our human experience, the soul agreements, the Akashic records, what, you know, some talk about it being God's plan. Oh, it's already written you know, there's a lot of different views around that. And I'm not going to go into religion because um, I'm just not. But <laughs> with the – my interpretation of these is that, for example, uh, let's just share for an example. I think that's going to be the best way to do this. Um, I recently worked with someone who had uh, – an issue with a virus it's like an adult version of shingles virus and um, and it um like a bowel's palsy it created a, a paralysis down the side of the face and in my experience to this point every living organism that we have around us is here in service to us as part of our evolutionary process as a soul which is infinite, it doesn't stop. And what um, these living beings do is they can greet us, they can be a part of our body for a while. And so viruses, parasites, bad bacteria, mold, these living organisms are beings, they are living being. And this particular patient had a heart infection, in the beginning which we found underneath there was this issue of grief but through learning a lot more about this grieving process and and this issue underneath we also discovered that there was a dormant virus that decided to wake itself up and appear itself as the body started healing which is something that happens you know we as we start to heal our immune system starts to dissolve the other stuff which means it comes out which makes us think we're more sick but we're actually getting better and so this uh this patient was sitting there and there's this virus sitting inside and, and created all this chaos and paralysis that they'd had before it took six to eight months to heal it previous time and I said, do you feel that you made an agreement with that virus subconsciously for it to show you the grief you're holding? There was this realization and then the patient then decided that they would like to release that agreement now that they'd identified the grief and that they were moving on with their life and letting it go. And within two sessions, the virus was gone. There was no more paralysis of face. She had full mobility and well-being. And literally, I saw it lift out of the body in the sessions. I can see the aura. I can see what's going on inside the body. And the virus being agreed to exit her being, as did um, her you know they had a, had a mutual agreement and you know and, and another example of agreement is that um, I recognized in myself and between myself and my husband I had a soul agreement with him to learn to help people how to heal and so over the years and years of supporting him also was working with different healing modalities with him um to see what would help stabilize the tumors stabilize seizures stabilize all these types of things and he taught me a great deal but when we come to realize this and take ownership of this it was like oh man like you know have I been silently helping my husband become unwell because of my subconscious agreement with him that was a really hard brick to digest I can I like you know, that's major ego suffering. There was major suffering through that. And essentially I had to um, completely detach from this healing path. Go, look, I'm here. You've shown me enough. I'm, I'm grateful, but you're released. We're, we're going to release this agreement between each, ourselves. And we do this through a pro- – like I have a bit of a process – um, intuitive process that we go through to release this um, via tapping from the physical, the emotional, the spiritual body. So we're made up of many layers. Um, but at the start of this year, the disease was very aggressive in his body and we were told he might not see February we had surgeons crying in the, in front of us and so on. And, um, you know, it was around this time that I realized it took It took that for me to to fully step back from his path and fully take accountability for where I was playing a role in his sickness and in his suffering because we had a soul agreement. We came in um, to this life to teach each other. And now that um, I could see that, stepped right back completely And release that agreement from within myself. And I've never been more free, to be honest with you. And what's happened from that experience, I guess, is just applying that curiosity into the practice of, huh, do you feel like, you know, working with someone else on the table, do you feel like at some point you made an agreement with this experience to grow and evolve and move out of the old and into the new? And um, nine times out of 10, people say yes. And also, are you ready to release that agreement? Well, not everyone says yes to that because they want to learn what else is there to be taught in themselves and what the layers are to that suffering. And so when I talk about agreements in the scope um, and in relation to the macro what's happening in our humanity and that we all agreed to be here. That yes, I mean exactly this. We made an agreement with this COVID virus to have our learning and to move through this evolution as a humanity. And it's, it is as simple as releasing this agreement. We've learned what we needed to learn. We've identified what, what we needed to identify and we can release that on the mind, body and spirit. And on a on a macro scale, if we want. Is that going to be in service of everyone right now? I don't know. It's kinda of like when you witness someone heal cancer and then go into remission. I've had a patient go into remission from breast cancer years ago and then return recently with a new presentation of disease um in another breast and a complete new it's not a um malignancy and not a um sorry a, a secondary it's it's a brand new it's a brand new <laughs> so it's really interesting and you know that again come down to oh well what's that about and we went into that and I'm not gonna talk into that um, too deeply at this point, but uh, essentially there was some beginning of momentum in releasing that agreement with that experience in life and and other people in that life to move on, you know. But sometimes if we do these things too early or we don't understand the, the layers to our agreements, then we're not going to fully release ourselves from them either. It's not that simple. Uh, you know, I, I even recently released my agreement to have um, a conformed chakra system. And that might spin a few wheels and it might, um, get, you know, trigger some thoughts there for some people who really um you know, the chakras are everything, aren't they? <laughs> and uh, so I, I've been discovering a new perspective to that. And um, I believe we absolutely do have life force vortex centers within, our, within us. And from what I've found as well, there's parts of that that have been hijacked. And it's it's a whole other podcast but um and it's taken me a year to actually process that information the very first person I met who said to me they had closed off their entire chakra system I went you wouldn't be alive <laughs> that was my first like, you know because I'd been right down that path and and uh deep that agreement and I was like wow I you know I'll just stay open to that and our muscle tested this person. Sure enough, they'd closed the chakras that they knew of. And then there was some that were still open. And, um, in relation to that matrix of, of information, um, and this might confuse a few people because it's quite a deep topic, but essentially there's different elements to our existence that have been hijacked over time for a, as a way of controlling us. And... We have um, a natural state of being, which when you practice rebirthing breathwork and you have a pranic experience and you feel and understand and feel your energy centers in the most organic way in connection with the earth, um, it can be a a different experience compared to a breathwork experience where we're focusing on a chakra. With our expectations of what that might mean. And then moving in that chakra experience and going from base to crown and having the thousand petaled lotus um, unravel itself in front of us. But when we think about the natural makeup of our body and how our heart governs so much in our womb or, our, or in men, the hara, like the the lower body I'm just going to ask this question because I love asking questions because I'm curious is that how can enlightenment be out through the head you know it just is an it's an interesting perspective and is it is it the union of the higher and the lower together in the heart that is the enlightenment, I'm yet to discover. I don't know the answer to that. Um, But since I have been through that process, my entire world has transformed in ways that I can't even begin to describe. I don't feel like I am attached to anything other than my fully human experience and I know that I can attain and we can attain any frequency that we want through our body and through our experience at any time just by willing it to be. And that's why I call this agenda that we're seeing unfold. There's an agenda of ill intent because I, I see it coming from a place of, ill intent and that ill intent actually creating structure um, in a physics sense, like in a um, fractal sense, like actually giving, you know, like if we look at a sacred geometry and we see the print of a sacred geometry, that's a form of structure. Well, our intent creates that structure, be it ill intent or pure intent. And when I talk about pure intent I mean intention that runs from the heart soul essence connection with the earth. And so what I'm seeing unfold is the ill intent structure take place and people who are under the illusion that that is the place for them and or under the illusion of that structure it may be the place for them that's not for me to discern and I have no judgment. I, I, I don't see them and us. I see that we all roads that we're on lead to the same place and that is our heart and that is our soul and that is a connection that has never, ever been broken just like our freedom has never, ever been taken from us. It's something we've always had. I feel like I've gone really deep there in that this whole talk about agreements, but um, essentially agreements, they are the very basis of what makes up our construct in our reality and they are the very basis of what we can recreate to create a new reality by recognizing the depth and the understanding of our agreements with one another. And what I'm really grateful for is how humanity and everybody, and I mean everybody here at this time, has made a soul agreement in unity, whether they know it or not, on a conscious level. And for that, and this experience, wow, makes me emotional, thinking about how lucky we are to be here, to witness that, and for our future generations to move into that unity.
0: Wow. Wow. You know, I, I love this kind of language now because I understand exactly where it's coming from and what it's pointing to. And I would just suggest anyone who's listening who's not, like, picking up the language, just to listen again because there will be something in it for you to pick up and it's beyond the words but you might need to translate it into your own language and feel through it to really pick up what Rachel's putting down and again no judgment neither of us sitting here are judging anyone but it's just really interesting and and the reason I'm saying all of this is from my own perspective where it wasn't until very recently that I started to let go of the language that other people use to describe their experience and their perspective on how this whole thing hangs together. And I was so closed in what I would accept as possibilities of reality and experience only because of language and nothing else. And because I was interpreting what that meant in some way, it was other than what was actually being said rather than just you know, letting that come in and not need to, to judge it or put it in a box or discard it or believe in it or any of that and just let it be. And I think there's so much for us as a species to be able to investigate when we can allow communication to not be confrontational and just getting hung up on words and things like that. Mm -hmm. it's such a beautiful thing when you can just have a conversation and not be worried about the language that you're using not being worried that someone's going to judge you for it or screw their face up and you know I know we've had these kind of discussions for a long time so thank you for that I think that if we are to continue we'll be here for another three hours and uh, we'd just be here for ourselves not for (laughs) anyone else let's be honest (laughs)
1: Yeah, oh, it's just been um, a real honour to sit with you today and to let our language create alchemy. And, um, yeah, I, I highly encourage anyone who's listening to, even if, if you feel like this is just a bit beyond uh, to understand that it's a what we think maybe beyond us begins with a feeling, and if you can feel it, then you're already there. You don't have to think out a process to be anywhere but wherever you are right now, and that uh, you're in the absolute right place. And then, beautiful like yeah things things unfold in their own time you know like i was once a dump truck driver bogan sitting in the mines who i absolutely adore that part of myself i adore her she was awesome she was really brave and um you know we're all at always at different stages of a journey that has no outcome of a journey that has no goals and other than to just connect and be and be in your fully human experience. And if you're having that, then you're doing it.
0: Yeah, amen to that. (laughs) Amen to that. Thank you, Rachel.
1: Thank you so much.